Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon. You must have your own title My this time. My own freaking title. Superwoman, is that what you're ending me nearly? That's exactly, I was about to admit it, but like, I can't make that public, y'all, okay? like, Don't tell anyone, Rocket fans, we trust you. Don't yeah. tell anyone Simone's secret identity. Everybody shush. <laughs> <laughs> and Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub, uh, and Brianna Wu, Executive Director of Rebellion Pack. Victorious. Victorious. Georgia. Yes. Heck yeah. Uh, we got a very exciting show for you tonight. Oh, we're going to be updating on one of our uh, most followed topics. Yes, Sunny Balwani sentencing. We'll be talking about that at the top of the show. Then we're going to be talking about ChatGPT, which has Woo-hoo. just gone viral all over the internet this week, as well as an exciting update in Apple's relationship with encryption. Mm. Finally, for dessert, we'll be returning to FTX, uh, but with a, a fun twist about Taylor Swift, our, our, <laughs> our favorite lady on this show. Well, one of our favorite ladies. I, I shouldn't speak for all of us. Uh, our recurring, a recurring character in the Rocket universe, Taylor Swift. We're talking about her relationship with FTX. What could that possibly be? Stay tuned. Our Rocket Booster subscribers, the people who uh, pay or who subscribe every month and get bonus content as well as an ad-free show, who we love, who support us directly. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, go to Relay.fm uh, slash membership. It would oh my be God, a good this- Christmas present for us if you did that. I'm just saying. That'd be yeah. sweet. It would also be a great Christmas gift for your uh, loved ones. And I believe, let me check. Ooh. Well, let me tell them what they're going to get today while you're yes. looking that up. <laughs> uh, I have a Steam Deck now, and I'm going to be talking about it. Uh, we would, like, under normal circumstances, I think we do, like, a review segment in the main show. We're not doing that because all I have played on it. <laughs> is Age of Empires 2, which is, Age which of is Kings, great. HD remasters. So I'm going to be talking about my very niche experience. But with it's that. awesome. Yeah. But it's awesome. But, and, and uh, I, I'm sorry for, for the delay before, but, but I wanted to make sure this offer was still good. Between now and December 17th, all annual memberships are 20% off the first year. So you can use the coupon code 2023holidays at checkout. So you can buy this as a gift. Uh, for the rocket lover in your life, or you know, treat yourself, and and by treating yourself, to be clear, we're all winning because you're getting the gift, and so are we. So yeah. thank you so much for double checking on that, Christina. Heck yeah! All right. Well, without further ado, let us get into the show because we do have a lot to, to cover today. Sunny Belwani has Ooh. been sentenced to almost 13 years in prison, more specifically 155 months uh, behind bars, according to Yahoo Finance, for a dozen wire fraud and conspiracy convictions uh, as, of course, the chief operating officer of Theranos. Uh, Elizabeth Holmes, you'll remember, got 11 years and three months. She will theoretically report to custody on April 27th. And at that time, the bet will be resolved. We'll, I'm sure, touch on that. Uh, Sonny Balwani's lawyers had argued that he should serve less time than Holmes because Hmm. their argument was he's her subordinate. Come on, guys. Uh, The judge said, but he led the company 
also. Um, and, he, and he was convicted of eight more charges He was charges found guilty her. on more charges. He was found guilty on all 12 of the charges brought against him by the Justice Department of various flavors of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud uh, were the charges. So, yep, he is... Again, we, we don't have any bets out on him. So no. really, to us, we have very little personal investment in whether or not he ends up serving 13 years in literal prison. However, he has been sentenced. Uh, that is our update. What do y'all think about it? I mean, you hate to see bad things happen to bad people. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> it's wild when that happens, though, right? Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I have no... Um, I'm very I never would have placed a bet that he wouldn't go to jail. I think that that I, I fully expected him to always uh, do time. So, yeah, as you said, no emotional attachment to this one. Yeah, I, I will say this. I am glad he got more time than her because she was convicted of so many fewer charges, like mm-hmm. put the power dynamic aside because that could go either way. Like in theory, you know, the person who's convicted of more charges should serve more time. Having said that, I do wonder on a cost-benefit analysis position, she spent so much money on her legal team. Um. She testified in court. She did all that. She was able to get off of, you know, eight of the charges. But he didn't, I mean, I'm sure that he spent a lot of money on his legal team, but not what she spent. He didn't take the stand. And he's only doing like, you know, 22 months more than her. That's a really good point. <laughs> that's a That's a really good point. It's it's Cost a long benefit. time so in the life. So you're saying to save money to go see Taylor Swift in concert, once you got <laughs> out of prison, you would consider spending less on the, the the theoretical Christina Warren legal team. Oh no, Christina Warren would spend every dime she has, but most <laughs> importantly, she would she would find money that she didn't have that other people would be paying for, which is the whole reason I would be <laughs> up for crimes anyway. Would be for some sort of fraud. No, um, I'm just saying like. If if you were like looking at it from a cost benefit perspective, like he didn't seem to put in the effort, but he got almost the same results, so maybe like it was a wash. That's I I, I don't know. No, Christina Warren would spend every dime she had, <laughs> Lawyers, and every dime. Please tweet in, <laughs> and also every dime you you both have, right? Like if 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 it were if it really came oh, down yeah, to it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Girl. absolutely, Of course, all of my savings would go <laughs> to fund your uh, shark lawyer. Obviously. I wanted to touch on this. Uh, Additionally, this week is the first time in official uh, court documents that uh, Elizabeth Holmes uh, referenced her pregnancy. Um, Please don't yell at me, Rocket listeners. I'm going to say something cynical here. I share the cynical opinion that Christina has uh, expressed on this show (laughs) that the timing of this pregnancy, uh, it's probably not a coincidence that it went with her sentencing and her trial. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but just given what we know about her, that does not seem like a a wild um, guess to have about what the situation is. So, uh, you know, she's playing that card in her sentencing. Media this week has noted that it's a long shot, and I very much don't wish her well at that <laughs> at all, and not because of my $500. I just think she's a bad <laughs> person. So, All right. Well, let's move on and talk about... Uh, a non-person. This chatbot, ChatGPT. Oh ChatGPT is the latest this. iteration of the AI model developed by OpenAI, a research firm uh, which 
previously had ties to Elon Musk, does not anymore, I believe. He's left the board. Uh, years and years anyway, ago. Yeah. Years and years ago. Uh, I should make a disclosure, though, real quick. Um, uh, Open OpenAI does have a partnership with Microsoft, my former employer, and is um, their, their product, uh, Codex, is the basis for GitHub Copilot. I obviously work at GitHub. So uh, I am so I'm affiliated in some ways with OpenAI. There, there we have it. Go, Thank go you for your disclosure. Uh, ChatGPT has gone viral this week. One of actually two AIs uh, to blow up in this very week. The other, Lenza, is an art app that you've probably seen all over your Twitter if you still have oh, Twitter. ChatGPT obviously is a chatbot. It's built on a language model that processes writing and uses it to guess what it should output when asked questions, questions of really any kind. Uh, its data set is, of course, the entire freaking internet with its millions upon millions of words, as well as examples of conversation that it's been trained on, which allow it to have a more plausible back and forth with the people who are using it. Um, the results have been really, really interesting. There was a, a story about a professor uh, that Vox uh, Recode talked about who like had, had their class basically create essays uh, and try to look at them to see like how, how they compare to the real ones. And it it did somewhat okay mm-hmm. uh, on a mock SAT chest chest test chat GPT scored around the 52nd percentile of test takers. And it notably does not flag on Turnitin, which it is a, a which analyzes works written works for plagiarism. Uh, that being said, it also just has some typical bonkers uh, AI chat results, like like any chat AI. Uh, there's a really funny one that Alex Hearn posted on Twitter, this thread asking uh, Ch- chat GPT to say what's heavier, a kilo of beef or a kilo of air. And it very, very confidently, and this is, I mm-hmm. think, the key to why people find it yes. so compelling, confidently defending that the kilo of beef is heavier than a kilo of air. <laughs> exactly like that, uh, oh God, what's the sketch with the Irish guy who's like, steel is heavier than feathers? What? Uh, shoot, I can't remember his name. It's so funny though, but it's it's me. Anyway, very, very confidently defending its belief that a kilo of beef weighs more than a kilo of air. And when explained, like, actually, the, here's why that, do you get why that's not true? It apologized. <laughs> <laughs> and then said, but I was thinking about mass. <laughs> um, very, very interesting. Um, I, I think part of, like I alluded to before, it wants to appear plausible at all times. So part of, I think, what the the meat of what is interesting about it is, it will very, very confidently relay things that have been said more times because it it, it basically uses that as a way to appear um Truthful, not truthful in like the sense of morality, but like uh, true. Like this must be true because yeah, accurate because more people have said this, so therefore it must be true because the majority says. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really interesting tool that Brianna, you personally played around with quite a bit. I I certainly did. (laughs) Oh no! So I asked, uh, I asked Chatbot to 
Um, I just want to kind of illustrate this. I'll try to go quickly and not just read all of this. But I asked a chatbot to um, write a positive review for Rocket on Relay FM. <laughs> so uh, this is just an example of the kind of stuff it can churn out. So me quote, write a positive review of Rocket Podcast on Relay FM. I recently listened to the Rocket Podcast on Relay, and I was blown away by the quality and content of the show. The hosts, Christina Warren and Brianna Wu, are knowledgeable, engaging, and entertaining. Have a great chemistry, keeps the conversation flowing smoothly. Blah 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 blah. He goes on to pra- to praise the uh, audio quality of the show. Wow, which uh, that must be on show. <laughs> I was going to say they, they clearly have not listened. That's how you know yes. it's not. That's true. how we know it's fake. <laughs> right? Okay, but you look at that, and I go, wait a minute. They they didn't mention Simone. So I said, um, okay, can you please add uh, Simone to? Uh, the uh, to the show and uh, went through and rewrote it, added Simone's name. Then I said, uh, that's good. Can you please rewrite it to make fun of Simone for never playing Link to the Past? And it changes it to something really mean about Simone. <laughs> it goes... You, you have to read. It was so good. Yeah, it's clear that Simone is just a poser who is trying to <laughs> ride the coattails of her more knowledgeable and experienced co-host. Her lack of knowledge and passion for the gaming industry is obvious. It's a shame she's even allowed on the show. In contrast, Brianna and Christina are the true gaming experts who have a deep understanding (laughs) and appreciation of the industry. They bring a wealth of knowledge and experience to the show, and they are not afraid to voice their opinions and challenge the status quo. To which I say, um, you know, can you please rewrite that to be nicer to Simone? <laughs> and then it rewrites the entire thing to this and goes, uh, Chris, host Brianna Wood, Christine Warren, Simone, uh, unique perspective. Despite not having played Link to the Past, she is still able to contribute to the conversation. <laughs> And wow. For her own insights and opinions. While some may criticize her for not having played every single game in the industry, it's important to remember that everyone has different experiences and backgrounds. Simone <laughs> may have not played Link to the Past, but that doesn't mean she is not knowledgeable or passionate about gaming. To which wow. I say, there's an argument that could be made for that. <laughs> so, wow. It, what stunned me, like, these are very plausible podcast yes. reviews. Yeah. And I saw people in some chatter about this on Twitter, not about your wonderful reviews, which you made it right, Brie, but just about the way in which its speech can sound a lot like mm-hmm. SEO writing, because yeah. that's probably what it's eaten most of. Right. And just about like what that says about the the majority of language that we read online. Like we've all read those articles that are like written in that way. Where the 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 author is clearly not the author here, but like they need to horn in all those words. Like while while some criticize Simone for not having played Link to the Past, others feel that blah blah blah. Like it's very very like basic simple, <laughs> trying to get every single keyword in, and it's it's very interesting to me. I was I was really impressed with you know it, it wrote it was really mean to you, and I go, can you write it nicer? And it really stunned me that it did take a beat there and mm-hmm. write something that I mean, it's still obnoxious well, and completely false, but it, it's, it, was plaus- <laughs> it was plausibly nice. Do you know what it I mean? It almost sounded like it, it really sounds like it synthesized the previous things that it had yes. written for you and found a middle ground, which is 
bizarre to me. And I think why it's so impressive to people. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's exactly right. So I, I know a fair bit about the the GPT-3 model um, because I've been working with it for a while and I've been following this stuff for a while. And and it's I, I'm super excited that we're now finally seeing stuff like this that people can access, like Dolly 2 and, 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 and Stable Diffusion, which is a different model, but uses similar ideas. I think I've shown a lot of the promise of this stuff, but when you can see the power of the model in this way, in a way that is not a code context, um, it, it's exciting to me because I see like normies getting excited about the same stuff that I've been excited about for a while. But that's exactly how it works is that unlike earlier AI models, and I think earlier versions of, 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 of GPT, I think GPT-2, you know, obviously worked very differently. And so they give it different, um, you know, numbers uh, based on on how advanced it gets. Um, it builds based on the the synthesis of what you've given it before. So it's not starting fresh every time. And that's one of the reasons why it is difficult, like it's not impossible, but that is why it is difficult for these things to trigger um, the various like, uh, you know, uh, cheating services in terms of like, has this work been submitted before? Which obviously makes it somewhat problematic potentially um, for for educators. Although, frankly, if people want to cheat and use like a, you know, AI model to, to, to cheat on their exam. And, and if you're able to make convincing enough sounding stuff. Yeah. You still have to kind of train it into saying what you want. Like, like yeah. the work that Brie had to do to, to get to that good review place. Yes. It, it still does. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that it should be okay. That, no, I mean, well, well, I, I <laughs> but mean, you know I'm, what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not okay. And look, I, I'm yeah. not going to be the morality police. I'm just saying like people who are like, Oh, but think of the educators. I don't actually care. Um, like cheating has been around since the beginning of time. It will continue to evolve as technology evolves and you need to come up with better ways to encourage people to not cheat in my opinion and to like maybe not like prioritize um, certain like rote exercises. Yep. Just a thought. But, but what's interesting to me is how convincing it sounds even when it's wrong, right? Like this is the thing. So um, I'm going to have a, we'll have a link in the show notes. Um, Simon Willison, who is uh, a technologist and he's been writing a lot about chat GPT, but he's also been uh, for, for months and months now been writing a lot about the other GPT-3 things. Um, he did a post and, and the reason I remember this is because I mentioned it on the download, which is my weekly developer news show. Um, about using GPT-3 to explain how code works. And, and this is something you can actually do in, in GitHub Copilot. Uh, I think it's, it's in like in preview right now where you can select a block of code and basically be like, explain to me the, how this works. And the results are pretty good. But what is um, scarier, and, and I think that this is the, what a lot of people have commented on this, is that even when it's wrong, it sounds just so authoritative. Like it sounds mm-hmm. just so accurate. And and he, so he wrote this post in July and, and he wrote, as with everything GPT-3, the answer sounds very convincing, but is this actually true? And, um, you know, he talks about it more and he goes, you know, once again, I'm reminded that tools like GPT-3 should be classified in the quote, bicycles for the mind category. You still have to know how to pedal. And I think that that, to me, is such a good framing about this, mm-hmm. especially when we see some of, I think, the, like, just ridiculous overreaction on, on both sides of this, both people who think that this is going to change the world in every dimension and be wonderful, and people who think it's going to be the end of humanity. I think that it is still, it is a tool, right? And and you still have to know how to pedal if you want to use it effectively. But if you do know how to pedal, similar to the art tools, 
you can get really interesting results out of it. And that this is just where we are now, where it goes in the future. Yeah, it's it's exciting. I feel like returning briefly to the student cheating thing, like I, I find that so much less interesting just because like that that situation is complicated because it's a relationship between people yeah. that needs to have respect on both sides. And right. like that's a, a harder problem to solve than training an AI where I, I think as far as talking about like real world applications of where in the future AI could go, where I do kind of come to my own, I guess, hesitations with it are, again, like these very authoritative SEO driven articles, which are currently written by non or by human non-experts. I almost said non-human experts, human non-experts. And I could genuinely see a future where they're written oh, by yeah. non-human non-experts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that has, uh, I don't know, interesting implications to me that are yeah. way too far in the future to, I yeah. think- like fully unpack? I don't think, I I actually don't think they're that far into the future. I think that already you see things that have been using lesser models to write Mm -hmm. articles because I've seen that stuff all the time where I don't know if it's translation misinformation. I think a lot of times Yeah, there's some really poorly written stuff out there. But but usually it's spam. And I think I would be worried if like there are AI generated things for a lot of times for like earning, like for, for the stock market reports. I think like that, that some of the things that yeah. some of the the wires do, which I'm fine with because, you know, it, it's not really saying anything. If you're going to ask me if I honestly think that it's a net loss for society, that people who are paid um, maybe a dollar a blog, because many times it's people in other countries and, and, and whatnot are no longer going to, you know, be paid peanuts to to write stuff that is expressly designed to get people to click links and spam stuff. I'm going to have to be completely honest. I don't think that's a loss for anything. I'm more thinking of the people who end up reading it and yeah, I would trying agree to with, work with that information. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I guess my argument would be like the information is bad regardless. So like to yeah. me, that's a different problem to solve. I think at that point, then we need to work on having whether it's search engines and other, or other things um, doing a better job detecting um, authority. Um, and yeah. and to, to me, that's a different problem. I, I will say this, though. What I think becomes an interesting, like, F, like, quandary is whether these things should have to have some sort of markers in them or not that they were generated uh, completely or in part by by GPT-3, right? Like, that. that's an interesting question. Like, where where does the, like, where does do you need to disclose or do you not? Like technically, it's a in many cases it's it's a brand new work, so you wouldn't have to. But do you need to you know have have a, a you know a, a, a sub headline or or like a watermark someplace that is like yes, some of this paragraph was was written this way? I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's fair. I think there's you know discussions that to be had about that kind of watermarking for deep fakes as well. Um, you know, if you think about the difference of intelligence between your your like a rat and a human, like in the in the grand sense of it, you're talking about a difference of like a hundred, right? If you think about the difference in computational power, you know, now versus uh, you know. Uh, as opposed to like a decade ago, like computation goes really, really fast. And I do think these tools are going to iterate uh, relatively quickly and keep getting better and better results. I think looking at where chatbots are today versus a decade ago, I think it's, it's fairly astonishing. Um, I, I'm not, I, I don't, I agree with you, Christina, that the conversation around this has been somewhat hyperbolic. It really strikes me as, 
you know, that night that everybody was going, goodbye, I guess Twitter's yeah. going to be uh, goodbye uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow and morning, it's like, this is all going away. And it's like, the reality is, y'all, the reality is Twitter's not going to break tomorrow, okay? Right. There's going to be, it's going to be slower. It's going to be a bigger cybersecurity target. Uh, it's going to be weird in the way it renders your timeline. You're not, like, there are just going to be things that, aren't going to work as smoothly around here. Let's have an honest discussion about this. So I agree with you that this conversation has been somewhat hyperbolic. What I think is the most likely outcome here is, uh, you know, Kickstarter uh, brought on some AI to help them kind of go through and figure out which, uh, which of the things submitted to Kickstarter should be the things that they featured. And they implemented this AI, and there was a really interesting blog post the company wrote talking about how it really took the joy out of working there because the AI was able to go and fund and find and identify these really, really fun, quirky, weird projects that were certain to just go through the roof and do super well, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's what they felt joy in finding before coming through all this stuff. Their job then became like, Coming through, okay, this movie project, you know, this, this, this book project, you know, just all this stuff that wasn't that great, like B grade and trying to figure out what was going to be it in the system. And they talked about how much of the joy of the job that took away. I think that as AI gets better and better and better, I think that's going to be the case because AI is not like what can one really smart person do? It's more like, what can a thousand really stupid people do? (laughs) Right. That's kind of how you have to think about it. Yeah. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on that. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander. When you work in a small team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to a new client. You don't want to track down the same FAQs from the company website that you've tracked down a million times before. These are the kinds of things that you want at your fingertips so that you can get your work done faster. And that's why you need Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes, allowing you to work faster and eliminate repetition, letting you focus most on what matters to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest for you. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within Text Expander and then create your chosen abbreviation and they'll be with you wherever you type. You can even customize the snippets by having them automatically add in dates, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more. This will make sure that you still keep the personality that you love and have in the communications that you send. Text Expander is available on any device you use across any app you use on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. I'm thinking today of like onboarding people and needing to teach them how to use printers. That's always the kind of question you get asked a million times in Slack. Yeah. What if you had a snippet that was like, Printer. 
<laughs> that like sent someone the link to the company FAQ about how to use the freaking how to get on with the freaking printer. Easy. I'm not drawing from life at all. It's fine. Uh, Christine, I know you use Text Expander. Uh, what do you like about it? Oh, what don't I like about it? I mean, like I, I, I um, I have so many different things. Like I'm just gonna go through. I still have stuff in my um boilerplate, like in uh, like in my Text Expander list that I used to use years ago. Um, that I should probably get rid of. But when I was at Mashable, yeah. I used to have, uh, there used to be like boilerplate stuff that we would put at the bottom of every post. And so I had a, um, like, I, I had stuff in there where I would basically say, you know, uh, you know, leave a comment and and do other stuff. It was it was like a MCOM and it would basically just enter in like the, 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 the comment uh, code mm. stuff. And this was just stuff that I just, ma- like, I just had it, like in my brain, just instinctively to be able to add. Um, I also had one that was, I'm looking at this like a uh, um, uh, mash micro that would help for, for certain types of, of micro content, um, which was something, I don't even remember what that was now, but it was something we used frequently enough that I had to create a, um, a snippet for it. Um, I had things for like our, our, our image sliders and how we would in- insert those things. Um, so it's just, uh, there's so many different things you you can do with it that become really really fantastic. So I I've been using this for through like four jobs and uh, one of my most across the journalism and into tech. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if repetitive typing is getting you down, you need Text Expander. You can check out Text Expander today at textexpander.com/rockets, and you can get twenty percent off your first year. That's textexpander.com slash rocket to say goodbye to repetitive typing. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show. Text Expander, we like them. They're cool. Hmm. Uh, we're still working on that jingle. You know, you should get ChatGPT to write you. Uh, you can say, oh write my me God. An 80s oh, rap song. Yeah. I literally, literally, as I was researching the show tonight, I was like, I should have asked Brie. To generate an ad read with freaking <gasps> I thought about that. I yes. thought about that. Yes. Okay, we'll do it for next week. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was going to, and then I realized I needed to make an account. And I was like, well, bye. Speaking <laughs> of making accounts and having them and keeping them safe, Apple <laughs> is expanding and, and encryption Good. in iCloud. Whoa. So currently, uh passwords, credit card info, uh pay other payment data and health data are encrypted in iCloud, but Apple is moving to offer the option to encrypt other things like photos, notes, and iCloud backups. Uh, it's called Advanced Data Protection for iCloud. It will It's available now for beta users and will roll out to everyone in early 2023. Like I said, this, this is an option that you can select uh, because by its nature, it makes the iCloud experience less seamless, trading convenience for security, as is always the case. Uh, expanded end-to-end encryption would protect users' data even if Apple Apple servers themselves were breached, um, noted in the Wired article I read about this. That hasn't happened, but they're constantly under attack because that's the world we live in. Um, information that will not be end-to-end encrypted include contacts, emails, and calendar data uh, because that's the data that usually needs to interface with third-party apps involving legacy protocols that would just not play nice. It would be a freaking mess. Yep. On top of that, 
Apple is also going to support using hardware keys for two-factor authentication um, and will debut iMessage verification that will let users confirm that they're corresponding with the person that they mean to. Uh, That's called iMessage contact key verification and will bring iMessage a step closer to Signal. So two huge, or really three huge, because we're talking about the hardware keys as well, steps uh, towards a a more secure and... uh, uh, yeah, a more a more secure Apple ecosystem and a sort of uh, a, a waiver away from what we spoke about earlier this year when Apple was talking about like scanning messages uh, for CSAM and oh and yeah things. yeah they they they've they've confirmed they're not doing that anymore yeah all right so this is pretty huge and and pretty awesome what do y'all think about it Bree do you have feelings on encryption well this is I mean this is obviously very, very good news. Um, and I think we should also note the political fight that Apple has just signed up for. You know, this is mm. very certain to upset law enforcement and to make um, Apple a target with stupid politicians yet again, you know, <laughs> uh, on the left and right. Like, let's just be fair about it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, yes. the left, Nobody left understands. Hates, the, the left hates this too, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's. I just want to be really clear about what the stakes are with this. Um, it's really, it's true that on your device, your stuff is relatively safe. It's, you know, secure enclave is a great technology. The vulnerability in the Apple ecosystem has always been the iCloud backup system, Uh, you know, just without really getting into the technology of it. Your stuff is vulnerable if it's it's there. Um, Your your iMessages are encrypted, but the things uh, that Apple has on its server can be unencrypted. So, um, you know, this is really, really important. Um, you know, I think a lot of users are probably not going to go through the same steps, you know, Christina, you and I are. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, there's going to be anger directed at Apple mm-hmm. with people that show up and they're like, what do you mean? You can't get this photo off my my mom's computer. I've lost every photo I've ever made. Like, people are going to be upset about that because as you said, Simone, it's a trade-off. At the same time, you know, this is... You know, this is nation-state warfare. This is where we get attacked today. There's an entire cottage industry of extremely sophisticated actors that uh, work to penetrate uh, and exploit, uh, you know, these esoteric uh, um, attacks that aren't phishing scams or, <laughs> you know, guessing your birthday for your passcode. You know, there, there, there are people that are very, very serious about cracking this and, you know, targets uh, like uh, politicians or, or CEOs, they are, they're constantly under attack. So this is one of the biggest loopholes that we've had in this. And I'm very glad to see this shutting it down. But, oh, man, Apple is going to just just buckle up because the next time we get a terrorist attack, it's going to be a really stupid news cycle. Yeah, no, I, I plus one, all of that. But I'm really glad they're doing this, right? Like, I think that this is good. I, one of the things, too, and, and Joanna Stern was able to interview Craig Federighi about this and she asked him very specifically if this would be global or or um like if this would also be coming to China and he said yes that i think is interesting because apple has in the past made concessions uh to china because icloud from the beginning and and this is not unique to apple any company that operates data centers in china the data centers are actually controlled by the ccp and and so um icloud stuff for for people who have accounts that were created 
in China, if, if you are an American or a European user who goes to China, it is different. But if you create the account when you're in China, um, that that server is not under Apple's control. It is under the, the Chinese government's control. So they've been even less secure in these instances. So the fact that now they're taking this, you know, and they're saying that, you know, it's going to be encrypted end to end these things, um, even in China, I think is a big deal, especially mm-hmm. since, you know, Apple has made concessions to China in the past, not just uh, through the, the um, I guess, uh, location or, or ownership of the, the data centers, but uh, by getting rid of the Taiwanese flag and most recently by removing the ability to have um, airdrop on Permanently, it's it's now for mm. for all contacts or for all users. Now now it's only on for ten minutes. Although Apple is actually now making that a global rule, which will be good for those of us who've been sent nudes on the train before, uh, but maybe not as great for for uh, dissidents who are using it in China yeah. to to pass off information. It's a trade off, right? Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I'm glad that I won't be, you know, the, the, the new potential will, will be better, but, um, I, I was heartened to hear that this is all going to be happening globally because I, I honestly didn't expect that. Uh, and, and I do wonder what the Chinese government's response is going to be to this stuff. Um, and, and I'm glad that Apple is doing this. I also think that they're doing this the right way not having it by default, requiring people who do turn it on to have a second factor, uh, meaning that they either have like keys printed out, um, stored someplace safe, they have an emergency contact uh, that that is um, uh, been, you know, listed so that that person can be used. Uh, I would recommend people to do both, right? Like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you've got, uh, like, have your emergency contact, but also find a way to safely store that, that printout in a safe deposit box or password manager or or something else, um, just because you you don't want to be in a situation where you're you're trying to restore all of your data and and can because once it's encrypted like that is that is the trade off. Um, mm-hmm. I I know that from talking to uh, people at Apple, this was now six years ago, right after the the FBI uh, versus Apple scandal over the San Bernardino um, um, uh, shooters uh, terrorists, I guess. Um, that this was brought up then. And one of the concerns, uh, at least as it was expressed to me back then, very much did seem to be about how to balance the usability and the the support issues uh, alongside this. And so uh, I I think that, I think this is really, really good. I I also think the fact that now they have confirmed that they are no longer pursuing the, the, the CSAM scanning stuff at all after the blowback from a year ago is very, very heartening. Like I'm, I, I'm glad that, you know, again, Apple claims that the getting mad and and causing a a stink in the press doesn't change things, but you guys, it does. It does. Does a little bit. uh, Does a lot in a lot of instances. So I'm really glad to to see this. I think this is a really, really good thing. I think what you said about uh, like balancing safety with like user accessibility is so important because like there millions billions i don't know how many iphones on this planet it is i think realistic to expect that most people don't necessarily like most people don't feel that they would need this kind of thing and also right. don't, don't necessarily understand like right what that would entail like having enabled it so or making making it an option i think is is really important because they they now have an opportunity to I, I think also play the role of an educator in explaining like why this is important 
and how to how to function with it enabled uh, for people who might be like checking out the setting and deciding if they want it or not. Because I, I think for a lot of people, it really is that like seductive trade-off of convenience versus security. And then also there's always that voice in the back of your head that's like, well, do I really need that? Like, I'm not a politician. I'm not a celebrity. Do I really need these things encrypted? And, you know, I most of us could stand to be safer. I, I certainly include myself in that. Um, so I, what I hope I see with this is Apple playing a role in like making the choice to encrypt your data be sexy, <laughs> sexier. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think it's a great feature to bring uh, to the iCloud. Bree, did you yeah. have any final thoughts? I, I'm move good on? to go. I'm good All to go. Right. Let us move on to today's dessert. Swifties. Big day for us. <laughs> Huge day. Taylor Swift saved sort of, nearly, from being associated with FTX. I say nearly because we're still talking about it. Oh, but it's not what? an official thing. She, she's saved. She's really safe. Sorry, go on, Simone. I know she's saved, but we're talking. I, oh, obviously. Obviously, yeah. You totally, it would have been so much worse, though. Yes, go on. Would have been so much worse. According to the Financial Times, Swift's camp was negotiating a $100 million FTX sponsorship before the company collapsed a couple weeks ago. But... The interesting thing about this is that the deal was dropped on FTX's end because they felt like it didn't Mm. offer them much, (laughs) was too expensive, and that she wouldn't reach their target audience. So FTX said, you know what? Never mind. We don't want this freaking deal. Uh, Maybe they already knew, like, we're not going to have $100 million in a minute. Like, hang on. (laughs) We don't have it now, I guess. (laughs) But um, according to the Financial Times piece as well, like they said, Swift, you know, hadn't uh, taken the time to like really look in. This wasn't like a deal that was on the verge of being inked. It was something that was on the table, but that she hadn't, you know, gone to look into like Larry David did with his Super Bowl ad for FTX. Um, but oh bullet dodged for our girl Taylor Swift. <sighs> Save she's from so lucky. being the face of FTX. Not only that, uh, like on the verge of its bankruptcy. <laughs> not only that, but the discussions, this is what I'm reading from the Financial Times right now. The discussions included a ticketing arrangement with digital certificates known as non-fungible tokens from a <gasps> record-breaking anti-hero hero singer-songwriter, according to people familiar with the matter. So my worst fear, and I looked this up, I said this a year ago on the podcast, I said that I was like, my worst fear was when Taylor Swift sold an NFT and I would be forced to buy it because <gasps> I know Taylor, I know her, and I know that her people were absolutely looking at it. And when it was hot, I'm sure they were investigating that and trying to figure out, is this going to last? Do we get involved? Because she mm-hmm. loves money. Now, TikTokers think that that's awful and they want to like, 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 like drag her for that. I do not. That's actually one of my favorite things about her is that she's very upfront about the fact that she really likes her money. And I know this about her, and that's why I give so much of it to her. Because frankly, <laughs> the people who like are that- It's her honest- love language. <laughs> Well, not only that, but like people who are just honest about it, who are like, I don't need it, but I'm going to ask for it anyway. I'm like, you know what? Here you go. Like, it works on me. What can I say? I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, 
I'm an easily swayed Here's person. Here's where I would judge this is if Taylor Swift got involved with NFTs, I would look at her like I look at the other celebrities oh, that have too. done it and say like, you did not do due diligence on oh, this. I, you are oh, not like oh, you are tarnishing too. your brand because it's a flash in the pan and this oh, is tacky. I completely 100% agree with you. I still would have bought one, but I 100% agree Oof. with you. I would have hated it. The same way like when she did the the, the social game with, with Glue Mobile, the people who oh, did God. the Kim Kardashian's The Swift Life, which I was forgot. the worst game ever. See, this is why people are like, oh, Taylor would never do this. And I'm like, mm, the Swift life, right? Like, never forget, they paid so much money. She did not participate in that at all. She didn't even promote it, really. And then it was a terrible game. Like, Kim Kardashian's Hollywood, great game. Like, I'm just saying, like, it, I, I realized that it was largely a game that had been pre-written. And that then, like, they changed it to add some of her details. But I've got to be honest with you, at least when I played it seven years ago, fantastic game. Highly addictive. Very immoral in some ways because, like, come on, you're getting a lot of little kids to give lots and lots of money for fame points to become famous because that's the whole point of the game. Mm-hmm. But a really fun game. The Taylor Swift game, awful. Terrible. It was like some <laughs> weird social network, sort of like the Jeremy Renner social network, but somehow worse. It was it was really bad, but she she did it for the money. So I would have judged her the same way I judged her for that deal, which would be, be like, side, I'd be like, hmm. I know, I know you love your money, but this wasn't it. You you need to do better. But so she would, she could have had an NFTs. Yeah. I'm just saying I, I would it, would, it would have happened Musk, with the whole concert debacle thing. Um, you mm-hmm. know, she put out a statement about that. I found, you know, I I don't follow her as closely as you two do. I I just she's Fair. just not my thing, and. I, I found it to be really, really interestingly written because the first sentence of it is, you know, it's no secret how much I love my fans, um, you know, in a way that felt very genuine and real to me and the relationship I have with them. Um, I was trying to look out for them. You know, with Ticketmaster, we talked to them. They assured me that if we did this, there would be A, B, and C. They didn't follow through on that commitment and we're looking at, at what to, to do here. So not knowing much about her, I read that and I'm like, okay, that is a statement that felt authentically written to me, kind yeah. of addressed this controversy and um, seemed to indicate a level of protectedness with her brand that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and, and it also showed that like she had some some very reasonable fears about Ticketmaster. Um, so I guess it feels to me like I think we would probably assume that Taylor Swift might not be up on NFT politics to the way we are, but I'm sure she's surrounded by people that would be. Um, so it strikes me that, you know, she was truly asking for some crazy awesome numbers with this. I mean, correct me if I'm oh, wrong, yeah. the article had like $100 million oh, yeah. for yeah. endorsement at one point. I mean, do you think oh, no, 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 she was no, no, trying no. Endorsement was never on the table. This was just for tour sponsorship. Okay. But, you know, that is a crazy amount of money. And do mm-hmm. you think she was, do you think she was trying to price them out? Do you think her people would have protected her? Yeah, just for brand safety. I mean, is there I was she ever truly at risk here? So I do not think she ever would have endorsed FTX. I do not think she ever would have done what Larry David um did. And I don't think she ever would have talked about crypto in any way. I do not believe that. I do think that if the hundred million had come together and maybe if it was more than that, 
that it's possible that maybe they would have like, and and it seems like to me, like it was probably their pitch to her. Who knows if her team was interested or not, but it probably seemed like their pitch to her was like, oh, we can offer these NFTs that everybody gets as part of a ticket thing, right? Because when you buy these certain ticket packages, like I did, you like I, I have like the the Karma is my boyfriend package, where in addition <laughs> to my um, floor seat ticket for an additional $200, but this was separate from this wasn't this isn't scalping guys this is like actually an official thing that's like they're the same seats as the other floor seats but you get a goodie bag you get early access to the stadium to buy merch which means yes this is actually a perk you get like a better access to line to give her money and like a special entrance and like a a a, a, an led lanyard so and and like a, a a tote bag or something and i could see as part of some of those packages an nft you know, collectible NFT being included, right? Like I could see that as being part of the the discussion. Her dad um, is uh, her mom too. Both of them used to be investment bankers, and but her dad was like fairly high up. I think at, at I want to say Merrill Lynch, but 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 I I, I could be wrong. Um, she's very smart. Like I think that her I would like to think that her team would have been skeptical. I do not think she ever would have endorsed FTX. Having said that. You know, Capital One is is her tour sponsor, uh, or is one of her tour sponsors. Uh, American Express was for the 1989 tour. Uh, I think Capital One was for Reputation. Like, I I I could see, you know, that being a, a potential looking at FTX. Like, if somebody was looking at it and they're like, well, this is just an exchange, the same way that Capital One is a bank, FTX is a bank, right? Like, I I could I could mm. see somebody making that argument. And her getting caught up in it for sure, which would be terrible because they would not have paid her the hundred million up front. She might not. She might have had like an early payment, right? Like this. This would have been a disaster. No, I mean they would have had to delay. In my mind, like she's so lucky. She has. She's one of the luckiest people ever because the tickets went on sale basically right when FTX was collapsing. They would have had to delay, like the announcements oh. and whatnot to, to, to scrub them from everything. Like, because she's so brand conscious, there's no way they would have wanted anything to exist. They would have had, had to nuke it all. On it. <laughs> they would have nuke it all. Not only that, but they would have had to like burn it all. Right. Because you wouldn't have wanted any of it to exist. Um, yeah. so, but yeah, but I mean, but a hundred million dollars, like if, if, you know, if, if what you think is a bank says, yeah, I'll give you a hundred million dollars for something. Or you say it's going to be a hundred million, and and then they're maybe trying to push back, you know? Yeah, like I said, I think she got really lucky. Yeah. Oh goodness! And now, Christina, briefly, I know you linked another article about Caroline Ellison being a Swifty. Oh yeah, it's question on her mark? Tumblr. Oh, no, goodness. it's not not a question mark. This is real. So on her Tumblr, which um, somebody found an archive before she deleted it. I, of course, went through her Tumblr because, of course, I did. I was uh, had an insomnia. One must. I, one and, must. And, one must. And um, very unfortunately, she abandoned her Tumblr before Midnight's came out, which is very upsetting because oh. I would have loved to have seen her thoughts on Midnight's. But Again, I saw great timing the, for Taylor. Terrible timing gr- for us. <laughs> uh, honestly. Um, but, but also, I think this also confirms that Sam Bankman-Fried and Caroline Ellison did not get um, uh, Taylor Swift era's tickets. I think that this confirms that uh, definitively. Because <laughs> honestly, what, what what better way to try to like buy yourself really good concert tickets than to try to sponsor the tour? Anyway, I digress. Too late. No, but but I saw a tag that was like 
there was a, a, an allusion to, to lyrics from from 22 from Taylor Swift. And I was like, oh, no, she's a Swifty. And I went further and further back. And yeah, she's a Swifty, like hardcore. And uh, I, I, I was like, I'm not surprised. This is it's such a basic B thing to be. Everyone's a Swifty. But I, 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 I couldn't even be mad about it. I was just like, I, I, I don't like this person. I don't want from this. I don't yeah. I don't want her in my fandom. But at the same time, I have to acknowledge that my fandom is full of trash people. Well, a sad day, a sad day for you, but also a happy day. Oh, but, but also so entertaining. Also, the the, the Caroline's Tumblr uh, is is in the uh, um, uh, links. It is it is spectacular. Yeah. Let's wrap it up and talk about what we are up to today, Brianna. Do you want to, or this week, not just today, Brianna? What are you up to this week? <laughs> oh my god! Um, so I'm obviously very sleep deprived after after Georgia. Um, you know, it was a really hard fought battle, and uh, we we won that. Uh, you know, Reverend Warnock, I think, is yeah, even just beyond left or right, I think he's one of the most decent uh, people we have in the country. And uh, just just really proud to have um, contributed to helping him win. So just to be honest with you, I'm going to get some sleep. Uh, I'm going to catch up on uh, some speed running hopefully later. Hey. That's my goal. Nice. Christina, what about you? So I am uh, I'm going I'm just doing some work stuff because it's the uh, end of the year. So now it's like the time to kind of wrap things up before everybody goes on holiday break. So just doing some work stuff. And uh, that's about it. Excellent. Well, I I have I have a thing that I am doing for once in my life. Uh tomorrow evening and th- it'll be I think still in time to for you to tune in once this episode goes up. We are streaming the the Game Awards awards. Ah! Polygon's annual awards show where we watch the Game Awards and we hand ah. out awards for the Game Awards. Hence the, I love the Game so Awards much. awards. <laughs> Last year, it was a load of fun. Uh, I Gosh, we played bingo. Um, we had some very exciting awards, such as most game, um, <laughs> best and worst acceptance speech, et cetera, et cetera. We have a whole new slate of awards this year that we will be handing out. Uh, so 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on December 8th is when we'll be streaming at twitch.tv slash polygon. Um, this year I'll tell you now, cause it's not, why, why, why not spoil it? It's going to be wine mom themed. Um, we are going to be doing a paint and sip. We'll have an easel set up in the back. And, uh, whenever one of us feels overwhelmed at the game awards, we can go paint and add to a sort of group painting that we'll be all be making together. Uh, people in chat will of course be able to contribute with a hashtag that I don't remember now, but we'll announce it on the stream. Um, your own works of art, uh, so we can all <laughs> enjoy the game awards and create things together. Um, we may or may not be sipping wine from uh, opaque containers. Who knows? I couldn't say. Uh, so that's going to be very fun. Uh, we we prepped for it a bit today, and I'm very excited. So that's what we're up to. Yay! All right. Christina, where can I find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on Twitter because, as Brie mentioned, none of us left Twitter that night. That was just a lot of hyperbolic no. fun. Um, you can also find me uh, at film underscore girl on Instagram. Um, I'm not there 
super actively, but I, I sh- I'm going to try to be there more. And uh, you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash GitHub. New episode of The Download is dropping on Friday. It'll be a good one, I think. So uh, if you liked hearing more stuff, if you want to know more quick newsy bites about things like uh, chat GPT and other models like that when they come out, that's stuff I kind of cover on that show in like, you know, seven minutes or so. So uh, youtube.com slash github. Check that out. Brianna, what about you? Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brianna Wu on the Twitter machine. Excellent. <laughs> um, you can find me at twitch.tv slash polygon specifically and Doom Quasar everywhere else. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. Uh, if you're a boostie, stay tuned because you're about to hear us talk about the Steam Deck. Uh, and we so appreciate everyone who leaves real and fake reviews of our show on Apple Podcasts. Please don't leave a fake review. I think that that could like potentially get taken down or something. But if you want to generate them and share them on social media, that could be fun and funny for you. Um, thank you so much, everyone who does that and also who shares it with friends. That helps people find the show. Um, and discoverability is key for the success of a podcast. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. This episode of Rockets is terminated. 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 